Hey, what's going on, guys? You are listening to Talk Four, the quick fire podcast where we ask four great questions to unique and interesting people. Up here today on Talk Four is your host, Louis Scoopian. That's me and our guest for today, Paul Monath from Ebcon Publishing. Paul, please introduce yourself and give us a quick rundown of what you do before I shoot some questions. Okay, hi. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm the managing director of Ebcon Publishing, um, the company behind Airsoft International. Um, we also publish three other magazines but AI is is by far uh, our biggest and oldest publication um, she's now 18 years old mm. um, and formed Epcom Publishing and other magazines have really come off the back of of AI um, to the point that we do two military magazines um, and a sim racing publication fantastic no it's very interesting what you do and um in this day and age with mobile phones and social networks, you know, connecting everyone, I think it's very interesting to see how a magazine-based company in, involving in publishing is, you know, making such a strong headway in, in the scenes that you're doing. It, it, that's an interesting observation um, and a question that we've been trying to answer for the last eight or nine years. Um, thankfully for us, our subscribers and our readers want the whole paper experience with Airsoft International. Um, whereas our military magazines that were paper are now purely digital formats. Um, but we still have a strong subscriber base on that. But the, the age profile of our readership on AI would suggest that they're into the whole digital thing, but it's completely the flip of that. They'd much rather have a paper publication that they either subscribe to or buy the magazine from the news trade or buy single copies from us. Brilliant. I think, um, well, obviously the plan for today's podcast is when we're going to ask four questions about, you know, your business and how you do things. So hopefully we can get a better picture of what you're doing, which is, getting such a positive response from your viewership yeah no that's fine uh, ask away yeah cool so for question number one having read several issues of your airsoft international magazine it's apparent that its design content and ideas are all produced professionally and with care by what is clearly a great team of talented people so my question is how do you seamlessly get all the different aspects and jobs your team do to flow together when doing something as complicated as this? Is it about communication, routines, or like-mindedness? All three of them, really. Um, my life, um, because I work across several of our publications, is spent on a two-week cycle. Um, so I have deadlines every two weeks. And within that two-week cycle, I am either writing myself or doing the majority of the photography but then I have freelancers that contribute to the effort of supplying editorial for those publications mm. and my freelance team and also my staff employees have been with me for a long time so Ben Dickey our uh, design director has been with me now for 15 years I think um impressive yeah connor the editor of um gear up and radar uh admittedly is my son 
um, but he started working for Ebcom Publishing when he was 13 uh, and used to write a column in Airsoft International called Young Guns um, and has grown from there. And whilst um, taking a degree in English at uni, um, which he got uh, a 2-1 in, um, is now taking a master's but still continuing to write um, 100% of Gear Up, 90% um, of Radar, and about 20% of Airsoft International. Brilliant. No, it's, it's clearly a very, a very strong team you've got going because the quality of the magazines are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, having read a few of them, like I said, every page has had something that jumps out at you on them and it's always interesting content. So, it, you know, it, it always begs the question, you know, how do you get the team of people that you're, you know, working with and working on the magazine with to produce that quality in such a seamless fashion? Because obviously it's not a one-man job, but at the same time, how are you able to get this team of people to coordinate the jobs that they do and the tasks so efficiently? Because obviously when you have something that's complicated like this you know it's not always easy to you know get everyone on the same page in the same wavelength so from your your answer so far it sounds like you have a very connected team with like-minded attitude towards what, what you what you're doing yeah um i i totally agree with that um they're very conscious of their deadlines um and, and if we take airsoft international which is our only trade or sorry, news trade publication, we have to deliver the magazine into uh, the news trade on a particular date. And I'm contracted to do that through my distribution company. Mm. So if I don't deliver that magazine for distribution, then there's ramifications on the magazine going on sale late, on paying extra um, trunking charges, uh, and also the um, the window of opportunity, if that's the right word, where people know that we're on sale on a particular day and we'll go into WH Smiths within a finite window to buy it. And if we're not there, obviously they can't buy the magazine and would they go back at another time? Possibly not, so we lose sales. So it's, it's very much a revenue-driven thing from that aspect. Um, but everybody knows their deadlines a year in advance. Um, and we sit down, um, I'd say quarterly to discuss deadlines, obviously allow for staff holidays, address issues that may come up in the future, but know that I have to deliver 100% of my tasking on a particular date within a particular calendar month. And if I don't do that, it has a major knock-on effect for the production schedule of all our publications. Yeah, it's very interesting what you say there because it's it's clear now, obviously, that planning and deadlines is vital to what you're doing because in a subscription-based business where it's not done off single sales so much, I, mean, I know obviously you sell magazines separately as well, but for the big subscription base, obviously the key is to have those deadlines and have that scheduling and planning in place so that everyone knows what has to be done by when and then be accountable to that as well absolutely so i mean if, if you isolate airsoft international as a standalone publication for a moment out sure. of a, a four week month if you will 
two weeks of that month is um, dedicated to delivering um, editorial bundles to my design team. And then the second two weeks is the design process to turn those design bundles, which are Word documents and high-res photography into print-ready PDFs that we send to our printer, who then produce a magazine and deliver it to uh, WH Smith's Wholesale, who then trunk it through the whole of the UK with WH Smith's um, into the news trade. Fantastic. Very impressive, actually. And um, no, it, it's, it's very interesting to see how you, you know, how, how the system works of what you're doing. And I think that, it, yeah, like I said, it's, it's extremely clear that planning is essential for any kind of subscription based business. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that if I tried to, to write a magazine like, like you do in, in a month, I'd definitely be struggling. So I can tell it's definitely a tight ship you run. And that, that definitely commends a lot of respect for doing that. Yeah, no, after, after, well, AI is 18 years old now. Um, yeah, you're in the swing of it now, aren't you? you yeah, you've really you got the, mm. we're, we're into the rhythm of, 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 of the whole thing. And, um, you know, sometimes of a night, if there's nothing on TV or I, I just need to hit a deadline, I'll gravitate mm. to my office and, and finish something or I'll go over to the studio and I'll take some take some pictures because the more I do of an evening freeze my time up on on the next day for instance yeah i tell you what we're um we're running quite a lot on question one right now but i would like to delve into it just a little bit more and ask you when you first started the magazine would you say that you were running at that one per month uh kind of output in the magazines or did you find that when you when you started you had to kind of play it by ear slightly and get into that rhythm or so was it basically something that you developed over time that rhythm for it and that that kind of like-mindedness like I say with your team uh towards it I've I've always worked in publishing from a, a very young age when I left school the first job I had was working for a computer magazine mm. but it was on the, the commercial side of things so I was arranging sponsorship selling advertising and things like that and as, as as my so I've always worked to deadlines because everything has a deadline in in publishing yeah um and it got to the point where my whole life just revolves around deadlines <laughs> and working in publishing you're used to that so our, you know for instance if our deadline on the next issue of AI was tomorrow I may be working up to 10, 11 o'clock tonight to, to deliver 100% of the Word documents and the photography to Ben Dickey, my designer, who's then got two weeks to design it and, and send it off to the printers. Brilliant. Actually, question number two revolves actually a lot around what we just said, and it's going to tie very nicely, I think, into what we were just talking about. So... Let's get straight into that, I think. Ebcon clearly never started at where it was today. I'm sure that the building up the huge subscription base you've accumulated was a long and difficult process over many years. So my question is, how did you start out on the journey? How did you grow the business and get your first subscriptions? Because, like, I mean, I know personally doing Instagram and getting customers, the first few are always the toughest. You know, that they matter the most in some ways. So how did you get your first subscriptions and how did you scale 
from zero to something significant? When um, I came up with the idea for Airsoft International, um, I was a divisional director at a big B2B publishing house. Um, and I fell into Airsoft as the majority of people do and fell in love with it, but soon realized that with a young family, a mortgage and financial commitments I had that um, all, all everything entailed, I couldn't really justify and afford to play Airsoft. So um, I always looked at getting my hobbies funded, if you will. So I used to write for a number of model magazines and uh, race car magazines and things like that that used to give me my hobby money per month. Um, yeah. And we, I came up with the idea of, of launching Airsoft International, but it wasn't going to be called Airsoft International. It was going to be published um, by a different publisher um, using me as the, the kind of masthead, if you will. But it soon became apparent that it wouldn't work with them because for us, and this might sound crazy, it's not about the money so much. Mm. Obviously, we're successful, we make money, but it was about providing a service. service. And we came off the back of a magazine that launched 19 years ago called Safe Zone. And it lasted for about three issues and disappeared. Airsoft International came out and we came out initially as a bi-monthly publication, which meant when we published six issues a year, um, which was allowing me to have my full-time job and do this as a hobby, if you will. And I always believed that we'd have a nice little fanzine that would supplement my income, I could carry on with my career um, and yeah, it'd be all good. And then we soon realized after about the first two or three issues that there was such a demand worldwide for the publication that I have to give up, my, I had to give up my job. We had to take it monthly. In actual fact, we published 13 issues a year. So we come out every four weeks and we've honestly not looked back. It was the right time. We had the right vehicle and it was just one of those eureka moments that the universe is aligned and 18 years later, we're still here. <laughs> Brilliant. And funny, you should mention at the start about how you began by wanting to fund the airsoft yourself. And I can wholeheartedly agree that airsoft is the drain for cash isn't it absolutely and it wasn't so much that i maybe not having the money was the wrong word i felt guilty about spending the amount of money you need to spend to start <laughs> yeah. airsoft um and although my wife was was um extremely supportive and she still is today and she's um joint managing director in the business um I just couldn't justify the amount of money. So, <laughs> yeah. it was my, you know, it was my own guilt trip, really, that led to Airsoft International and the other products that have come off the back of that. <laughs> the joys of expensive hobbies, hey? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But, you know, AI's become... I was having this conversation with Sharon, my wife, the other night. Um, 
AI is a way of life for us. And I know that sounds quite corny, but when you live and breathe a publication for 18 years, it's like one of the family. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, we all love it to death. And that includes Ben, my designer. That includes Nick, Jason, Dave Porter, um, Nick Patrick, who are all my freelance guys. Um, we're first and foremost all good friends. Um, and that's quite unique, I think, within any company that we're all good friends and we all get on well. Um, and that's led to the AI 500, which is the biggest CQB game in Europe now. Fantastic. And I think what you just said there actually kind of ties into question one nicely as well, saying that, you know, how you guys are all friends and I think the team bonding and that like-mindedness definitely resonates somewhat and comes from you guys all having that bond and that understanding and truly having the feel of, you know, each other's strengths, their weaknesses. And I think yeah, you know, in, in jobs and stuff where it's just kind of professional only, you might struggle to find that kind of team bond, but it's clear that with what you're doing, you've hit the nail on the head there with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's, it's mine and Sharon's business. We're the directors. We funded the business initially. We take all the responsibility, but I've always said to all of my guys, just because, I'm the managing director doesn't mean that you can't pull me up and go, you know, what the hell are you doing, Paul? That's wrong. And invariably that happens. Uh, and I'm grateful for that because I'd like to think I know everything, but in reality it's the furthest thing from the truth. Definitely. Constructive criticism as well in, in any kind of business is absolutely vital for growth and for, for expanding. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And you know, there's times we have, we have friendly arguments um, and they're quite funny sometimes because one of us will capitulate and then we'll come back to it and go, yeah, I gave in because you knew I was right, but I just thought I'd let you win that one. <laughs> um, yeah, a friendly favour, let you win the argument. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it happens all the time. And, you know, Ben Dickey's a prime example. As far as he's concerned, Airsoft International is his magazine because he designs the publication. As far as I'm concerned, Airsoft International is my magazine because I generate the revenue in it and I run the business. And it's that ownership that makes us so passionate about the end product. So I'll do a group of photography and I'll send it off to Ben. And Ben will come back to me and go, no, boss, that's crap. Do it again, please. Love it. And, 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 same, isn't it? Yeah, that's the way we've always worked. Or Ben will read through an article I've written and he'll come back and go, are you on drugs? Like, <laughs> uh, no, why do you ask? And he'll go, mate, I'm really sorry, that's terrible. Can you rewrite it for me? But that's it's, a great way to be, yeah. It's, you know, there's no hierarchy. That we don't live in a, um, a blame culture. Um, and yeah, we've made mistakes. I've made ginormous mistakes. Ben, ben Dickey's made ginormous mistakes, but we learn from it uh, and hopefully produce a better publication after that learning process. Brilliant. And going into question three number now actually ties in very well with 
you know the previous questions and what we're talking about too so when it comes to success and having a brand that lasts and continues to grow over time what would you say is the most important trait or traits in a person to nurture and utilize which will be crucial in the long run being because quick success can happen by chance but something that lasts is obviously harder to achieve I think it's having the passion and determination um, to see the product project through um, because we have so many deadlines per year, um, per month. It's that dogged determination um, and passion for what we do that, that drives hopefully people to buy our products, which is evident in the production values that we put out. Yeah, very clear in what you, you've been saying as well, that like when you said um, about how you feel like AI is and, and obviously Epicon's part of the family, in that sense, you've clearly got that passion for it where some people going into jobs that they don't like just because of a paycheck or something might, you know, not have their heart and soul in this. And then, you know, that the progress is limited, but obviously with you and your passion towards what you're doing, it's clear that I, I think personally that you're, like I said, passion is evident for, you know, the job you do. And that's really fantastic to see and hear. I'd like to think so. I mean, you know, we're not the be all and end all of airsoft or the military world or the, the sim racing world. We believe that we're putting something out that people will find interesting. And, and the proof of of that is that people buy into the publication by buying a digital issue, buying a paper issue, subscribing. We can't force people to do that. We can't force people to like our Facebook page, for instance, but that is standing on over half a million organic lights at the moment and is steadily increasing. Um, they believe in what we do. They like what we do. And I'm extremely grateful that they do because it allows us to produce what I think are good quality products. Definitely. Uh, and the, 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 the quality of the product is definitely a, you know, a byproduct of, of that passion, that drive to succeed and to, you know, to love what you're doing and really, you know, hit those deadlines and go after the goals you set up. Clearly, I'm sure it goes for the whole team as well after so, so many years of it. I think all of you are probably very much on the same page in that sense and you all love it to bits and you're all going after it, you know, every, every week, every month. Don't get me wrong. There are moments, there are days that I wake up and I just cannot be bothered to go back into the office because it was a hard week before or a hard day before. And, you know, Ben Dickey will have the same problem. Ben's just had a, he's growing a new family. So he's got two young kids, um, but we're really supportive to him because he's phenomenal at the job he does and because I've got two grown-up children we we understand the, the the problems if you will that that causes within his life and realize that he might not be at his desk at nine o'clock in the morning he might want the day off tomorrow he's one of his children might be sick so he's not going to work for three or four days and we get that but Ben also gets it and he knows that he's got to hit a deadline. So there's, there's very much give and take in everything that we do. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons guys have been with us for so long, because we look after them. Yeah, 
yeah, they're loyal to your brand and you're loyal to the customers and to the and to the yeah, business you're in. Absolutely. And then you rightly so that goes with the readers. You know, I constantly get emails from people and PMs on Facebook going, Do you realize I've bought every every single issue for the last 18 years and I'm going to continue on buying the magazine? And and that's really nice and it's really special because they believe in us. Love it. So for question number four, which is going to be our last question today, for anyone who is starting a new business, what would you say are the most important things to keep in mind when trying to build a brand that is strong with a good foundation and a loyal following, very applicable to your business? I don't pretend to understand that, but I'll give you an insight to how we started Epcom Publishing. We started it with a bank account, a checkbook and an idea. Um, it, for us at the beginning, and still is, it's not about the money. It was about providing the service. And if you got that service right, then of course you're going to make money. Now, we don't pretend that we get that service right day in, day out, year in, year out. But we do our best to produce a quality product that people invest in by buying and becoming um, shareholders, if you will, in our success. Very, very, very true. And actually, in a, in a funny way, applicable to what I do as my side job, in a sense, I play tennis full time. And I've always found that when competing and playing tournaments, for example, if you get caught up in the wanting to win too much and you know wanting to win the points in tennis, then you tend to get more nervous and more tight about it. But I've always found that when you focus on playing well, then the winning of the points and winning of the matches comes as the byproduct of that, which is exactly what you said about, you know, money versus the service and providing yeah. for the customers. Yeah. I mean, for instance, you know, people set up businesses for a number of reasons, but when, when you, you, you drill down into it, it's because they want to make money and I completely get that or they're sick and tired of making money for a horrible boss completely mm. understand that but if you have your your site set firmly on making money I don't believe that you will become successful obviously there's the exception to the rule where companies do do that but for me and okay, it's easy for me to say, and hindsight is a great thing, but it was never about the money initially, still isn't about the money. It was about providing the service and producing a quality product. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. So before we wrap this up, let's have the shameless plug. Paul, feel free to promote anything you're working on, want people to take a look at, or just something you believe in and want people to see. Okay, well, I'll keep it to Airsoft International. Um, AI is the biggest selling paper magazine in Europe. Um, we have uh, a great uh, Facebook community. Um, just search Airsoft International there and have a look or go to our website, which is ai-mag.com. Off the back of the magazine, we also run the biggest CQB game in Europe, the AI 500. Um, have a look there. Uh, the next game's in April. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Paul, thank you so much for joining, joining me today on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on.
Oh, you're more than welcome. And, and thank you for inviting me on. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Signing off for now, guys. See you in the next episode.